Welcome to Women in Chemicals, Women of the Week. I'm Amelia. And I'm Kylie, and we're joined by Wei Jun today. Hello. This week's episode is sponsored by Blue Palette. Blue Palette is the market network platform for chemical commerce that helps you connect and communicate with the market from one-to-one to one-to-many. Blue Palette helps you navigate this fast-moving market by nurturing your current client relationships and securely expanding your reach. Quickly and fully vet trade partners, identify new opportunities, and swiftly adapt to market changes. Go to bluepalette.io to schedule a demo today. Great. Thanks, Amelia. And Weijun, thanks for joining us. Um, hello, Women in Chemicals community. Um, we are really excited to have Weijun here today. So what we'll do um, to kick things off, Weijun, if you could just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got to your career so far. That would be great. Yeah. So thank you so much for inviting me. So my name is Wei Junshen. I'm Chinese, but I've been like 12 years here in, uh, in Europe. And I speak English, French, and uh, uh, Chinese. Uh, I was first in, uh, I grew up in the southern part of uh, China. Uh, my mother tongue was uh, Cantonese. And then uh, when I finished my bachelor's degree, I went to France to pursue my master's degree uh, in international business development. And since then, I work in the. I started to work in the chemical industry first uh, with uh, Hanko, uh, Benelux. So uh, in their long-term home care business unit, like the price uh, analyst for the trade marketing department. And then later on, I moved to um, let's say um, purchasing and uh, supply chain or planning role in different uh, chemical uh, company like uh, Mitsui uh, and Co. Uh, in their functional uh, chemical department. And also I work for some of the, um, let's say trading company like Integral, uh, which is uh, focusing on trading the basic chemical like uh, olefin, uh, ethylene, propylene, crucif 4, uh, but also aromatic like uh, uh, benzene, toluene, etc. Um, so that was a kind of the uh, upstream, let's say uh, upstreamed uh, in the chain. And then later on, I move a little bit to the downstream uh, in the chain. So like uh, in different application, uh, like Onyx, it's a coating dressing uh, uh, manufacturer. Uh, I work there like uh, um, in the direct procurement department, uh, focusing on different, let's say raw material, crossing four business units. Uh, and then, the, yeah, last year I got another opportunity to join the company called uh, UPL. It's an Indian company. They're focusing on the crop protection uh, and application. Um, so currently I'm the category manager for the co-formulant. Uh, so the biggest uh, subcategory like a solvent, like a surfactant um, in this category, but I'm also in charge of the commodity like a silver, like a copper. Uh, related uh, material within the company. So I am responsible for all the A production plant in Europe, uh, but uh, also uh, one tolling plant in Russia and some of the, the plants uh, in, uh, I mean, uh, some of the co-formulant in our tollers. I'm also in charge of that. Yeah, so that is a little bit about me. <laughs> You're very busy, Weijun. I, I feel as though you're doing a lot of 
everything, which is very cool um, and probably a really great thing to have on your career resume. It sounds like you've got all kinds of unique experiences. Thank you, I hope. <laughs> yeah, very cool. So, so Weijun, I think we've got actually, interestingly, a lot of overlap. So I'm in procurement right now for 3M company in their chemical space, and I manage their copper as well as their surfactant space right now. So uh-huh. anytime you want to talk about the industry and what's going on, I'm happy to do that with you. Um, Ooh, cool. Yeah, very cool. So um, if you could help us to understand Weijun across your many experiences, and it sounds like in a couple of, of companies, which I'm eager to kind of dive into, can you help us to understand what your um, experience has been like being a woman, a woman in the industry um, across the, the organizations? I'm kind of curious to know if, if certain um, roles or um, times that you had different roles were different experiences as a woman or in in which you felt more supported or not maybe. Um, So help us to understand kind of what your experience across your your many career roles has been like as a woman in the industry. I mean, you mean the difficulty or the- Well, if if difficult for you, happy to to listen to that experience, but also if you did feel as though it was beneficial, please share, yeah. (laughs) I think today we are very lucky. We are in a very open-minded uh, uh, world. So more and more the excellent uh, women like you, like uh-huh, all the people in the network, we have the chance to 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 uh, speak out what we want. But I know that, for example, in one of my previous company, Integral, I remember uh, the founder, she was a lady. And they told me that in the uh, around 80s, 90s, when she started the business, she joined those kind of network or, or the, the forum for the industry. You can see only several women. And then that was a very strange, I mean, uh, situation. And today I think we are lucky, but still there are a lot of things you can feel that uh, once I had a uh, meeting, there are distributors plus the manufacturer and the business people from my, my company. I'm the only woman among eight people in the in the meeting room so those kind of feeling you feel kind of strange i mean why in industry we are not like uh, in some of the industry you will see a lot of uh, female you see and then you are you feel oh, i can't say alone but you will have some question mark and you think that okay it seems that today even though we are already lucky enough but there is still a lot of space to do a lot of things to do improve that uh, the, the voice from the female. I think you make a lot of good points. And I think about some conversations Amelia and I have had in our previous interviews with other folks about, um, Amelia, you go to a lot of um, kind of industry conferences and things like that. What's your take on so far in your career, how that experience has been for you compared to what Weijun shared with us? So Weijun's experience is very relatable to me. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Wei Jun's experience is super relatable to me just because I've been in probably close to a hundred meetings where I am the only female in the room and trade shows are, are along the same path. There will be, you know, three or four women in a sea of hundreds of men. 
Um, and actually earlier this year, I had a really cool experience. I was in a meeting with a customer and there were four of us on the call and we were all women. Uh, but it was notable because it's, I've been in the industry for seven years and I've had probably hundreds of customer meetings. And this was the first time that ever happened. Wow. So very relatable. Very. <laughs> I think Brejun, you also made a good point about how I like your outlook. So you mentioned a couple of times how, how we are lucky to be able to have the voice that we have now. Um, but there are moments in, in where we're at, where you might question yourself based on what you see around you. And I think that that's a really good point. Um, I think that I have absolutely questioned myself in environments where I'm the only woman representative in the industry um, for supplier meetings or for conferences, whatever it might be. Um, and um, I would say that I, I feel very lucky to have this outlet of a group in that anytime that I do question it, I remind myself that we've got this community that is only growing of creating awareness for other people to help them not question why they are in this industry, right? And I think that that helps me to kind of level set today. So anytime that I, I think that, you know, do I really belong here? We are in a, a time and place today where our voices can only be louder, right? And so um, I'm, I feel very lucky to have you as part of this community, Weijun, because I think that you can help other people feel not alone, just like you said. So thank you for that. Thank you as well. <laughs> I, I think also as a woman, I mean, to balance, because I have sometimes when I'm working, probably, uh, Amelia, you will have that uh, possibility. When you work in trading or distribution company, sometimes you need to work like almost 24 hours, seven days on seven days. So I have the chance that uh, I have a problem ship. It's just a loading, have issue Saturday. I'm on the phone with uh, the, 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 the supplier, but my little girl was just next to me screaming. And those kind of, um, let's say, uh, uh, situation for men that won't happen uh, while uh, for, for a ladies, you see, and how to manage those kind of situation and how to, um, let's say, uh, empower the woman to, to let them to, to have the encourage to keep on that is that is I think the purpose of uh, both of your work here yeah so you made a good point which is one of the questions I wanted to talk to you about as well so maybe we'll jump to that so you mentioned your your kids at home um, can you help us understand in those times Weijun, when you are working on a Saturday or have to do that and find that balance how do you navigate you know splitting the valid and warranted time with your family versus the work that you want to get done? I, I, I think uh, I prefer to be transparent. It was, yeah. it, it was difficult. It was difficult. It was tough. Uh, but then if we have the willingness to do that, I think we can manage that. Um, I have to admit that there are so many uh, times that when I drop off my girl in front of the school gate at seven o'clock, I, I will question myself, but at the end, I said that the kids will grow up one day and what will left for you. And then it's my career. I mean, particularly something you like uh, uh, to do, right? Because they will grow up, they will leave you one day. And then if you sacrifice, you use the word sacrifice for them. At the end, I mean, when they grow up, you say, oh, mommy is sacrificing my job for you because of that, because of that. It's not fair for them. Uh, to them as well. So instead, 
I would take those kind of difficult experience. I would tell my girl, I said that, okay, it's not easy, but we can manage that. I would like to show you an example that uh, today as a modern woman, we can't raise up kid or kids, but we still have my our career by doing <laughs> the things and showing to them as an example. That's awesome. I'm making a note here, Wei Jun, because you say as a modern woman today, we can raise our kids and still have a career for ourselves. And I think that that is such the example that I would want to give to my kids and my family. It's tough, huh? it's tough, huh? but you can, ma you can manage that. You can manage that. <laughs> it's funny, this um, thought process almost feels opposite to me of what I would think men would feel. Like, I feel like they feel like they work so they can provide for their kids. They sacrifice time for their kids to provide. Whereas mm -hmm. women, like your thought process here is I provide for my kids, but I'm not going to sacrifice my career to do that. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's really interesting. The thought process you have there. You should have a good partner as well. Uh, he should also sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to discount the partners, I understand. We've talked a little bit with some other folks in these types of interviews about, you know, maybe the reality of the situation is, is there isn't going to be a perfect balance between work and career. But like you said, you make it work and, and you find your motivators for it. And it sounds a lot like your daughter is one of those motivators to keep you going and, and successful in your career. But I would say that some of the feedback is you know, a big part of that is, is your partner and the support and the flexibility that they help to provide with you in partnership too. And I think that that is also a really big factor here too. Yeah. You need to have external help, nanny, this kind of things we all experience. You should have, a, for example, nanny to pick them up because you have a meeting at six and do seven. It's not possible to, to pick up the kids right so external help is important as well <laughs> yeah maybe that's a good point maybe it's it's okay to ask for help when you need it too I think that maybe it's important to really call out the fact and recognize that you don't need to do it all on your own either mm, yeah yeah that's awesome so moving on to, to a new question here Rajun. thank you for for that that feedback um want to understand what your experience has been like being supported by other women so far in your professional environment. Yeah. Um, you know, mentors you might've had or, or people you look up to based on some experiences you've had and, and things like that. Yeah, so I can't, uh, so my current manager, she's a lady, she's been with Dow Chemical for more than 20 years. So she's a kind of uh, my mentor, uh, or let's say to develop my uh, leadership so um, she, I mean, um, she is the person sometimes give me a lot of insight when I in a difficult situation would give me some, uh, let's say soft skill, because um, I feel I'm sure you, 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 you feel the same, the higher level you go, um, the, the expertise about your own expertise, uh, expertise is just uh, maybe seven, okay. 40, 50%, but how to deal with different kinds of people in a higher level, that's more complicated because they have different communication uh, uh, way and how to convince them in order that your project can go through. And that is something uh, kind, I call it the leadership or soft skill. So my current, uh, let's say, uh, manager, 
Lucia Casson, she's uh, supporting me a, a lot to help me to develop and also, um, let's say, uh, to give me the trust and the confidence to go through some of the project that I'm really interested in. So um, I feel uh, quite uh, lucky right now, yeah. Yeah, I think you make it a, a good point about these soft skills. Um, we talked about the idea behind executive presence in our generation female panel discussion a little bit. And to me, I have yet, that, that thought is, and, and that skill is something that I want to continue to learn more about, I think. And I think you mentioned that a little bit in terms of, okay, as you go up the ladder and the conversations that you have with your supplier partners, with your clients, whomever it might be, you have to try to, with your level of expertise, match theirs, even if it's above yours. Um, and, and how do you do that? How do you do that and present that in a, a leadership style? So I think that that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, like you said, from your manager, it's folks like that that are willing to help and share their experiences to you to help you do that. I think, I don't know if I am the person very, I mean, I can, uh, let's say, uh, to give you the, the, the experience, but I will share my uh, own experience is that uh, first for this kind of uh, internal high level, let's say uh, internal stakeholders uh, or external uh, suppliers uh, meeting, uh, getting ready is important. You know, know your numbers or your figures before you, you, you discuss anything and stick to the points because all these high level person, they have a very limited time and how to uh, spot your point, maybe in two minutes, three minutes time in order to attract their attention. That is very uh, important and also need to know what is their communication style. Some of the people, they want to talk a lot first before you stick uh, start the, the, the subject. But some of the people, they are more uh, square. I, in French, we call it carré. And then you will, they will like no nonsense immediately stick to the point. So you need to know a lot of the people uh, uh, in, uh, in uh, advance. And before you go to immediately uh, start uh, the conversation, I think that will help you to, to, to convince them to let you to, to get what you want. Because all kinds of negotiation is you get what you want. They, yeah, they also get uh, what you want. So that is what I, uh, I, I feel. But of course, sometimes we have difficult uh, situation is that uh, the stake, uh, internal stakeholders or high management or, or uh, even though some of the supplier, they are very difficult style. So in terms of this, maybe we need to also adapt our communications uh, style. For example, some of the people, if you immediately talk with them, they want to have a conflict. So maybe you will start with another way, uh, maybe uh, to count them down, because I remember I use a lot of the, the communication way is red, red and blue, blue, mm -hmm. meaning that some of people it's in a very overwhelming situation. You need to use your communication way to red in order to be in a high level uh, to discussion. But someone is a count, it's blue communication style, you should adapt your communication style so that they can, you could uh, go into the same frequency. Otherwise one is here, one is here. It's not possible to communicate and not let alone to convince them to do whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good point. And I think that I need to practice that a lot more. <laughs> I think that it comes with experience, right? So over time you'll learn how to do this and how to navigate different personalities in a negotiation. But I think that 
that's something in my career I need to keep top of mind as well. So, Amelia, any thoughts there? Style, huh? your, your style, I can learn as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amelia, do you have think, any thoughts there? Yeah, it's really great advice for our community right now. I mean, I don't know about you two, but I've been having a lot of difficult conversations lately. And it's painful sometimes and it hurts some of these conversations that we have to have just with what the supply issues that we're all going through. Mm -hmm. But I've actually found that the most difficult conversations I've had are been the ones that I've learned the most from. And every month that we move through this, I don't even know what to call it, ongoing supply crisis, it starts to feel a little bit easier. And the situation I don't know is progressing, but I feel like I'm just getting better at being able to communicate well with my customers, my suppliers, et cetera. So I think that's a very important emphasis, Weijun, and I appreciate that you bring that up, that communication is so key. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I, 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 but I think different people really, they, they, they have different uh, ideas. Huh? Uh, not only the communication, but I, I think a lot of things as well, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So while we approach kind of the end of the question-based part of of today, um, we're kind of touching on it already, right? So we're recognizing that today, right now, the environment external to us and more out of our control is very unique. uh, And in my opinion, personally, uh, very straining and draining right now. Um, So it's it's difficult to navigate. But I ask you, Ajun, how have you managed, you know, the last 18 or so months, not only with the pandemic, but also with the supply chain inconsistencies that we're seeing right now. And how, how do you manage through that? And how do we lean on each other to make sure that we keep getting through this? I think you made you ask a very big question here. <laughs> but then that is a, a, a very uh, yeah valid uh, point. Indeed, in the past, uh, let's say 12 uh yeah 12 months or even uh, yeah i think it is it, the historical black <laughs> period for all the i mean maybe not uh, only for sale i think for a lot of uh, chemical uh, professional because mm-hmm. sometimes they say, some of the people they told me i've been in the industry for 30 years i've never been in such kind of situation mm-hmm. for for the, for the supply this disruption the long super lonely time and cargo uh, uh, shortage and everything happens at the at the same time so i think as um let's say um I can only talk on behalf of procurement now, once again, because yeah. Amelia in sales maybe. So I think for my side is that, um, of course you need to be very uh, an expert, expert in your market, know very well the raw material market situation uh, of your category. And then when you foreseen uh, 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 something will happen, a risk mitigation plan, should be uh, uh, put on so that uh, uh, your your material. So, I, I mean, for example, recently for oil, we have some of the, the, the vegetable oil, which is very linked with the uh, uh, crude oil, right? So last year, February, March, the oil price was so low, historical low, we have never seen that. So I, I told the people, I mean, the category buyer in my uh, company, I said, normally a high level buyer, they should already do something at that time. 
build up stock uh, or create their stock capacity in order to, to take advantage of this historical uh, uh, period. So I think, but then some of the people, they didn't do anything, but some of the people, they do something. So those kind of people, they could still, I mean, uh, 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 profit this low uh, oil price uh, 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 feedstock situation. So I, I think when this kind, so you should know the market very well, uh, have a good forecast uh, combining the, the macroeconomic the, the, the exchange rate, the arbitrate uh, business opportunity, and then to force in the things, uh, I mean, the, to proactively work instead of wait for the last two minutes. And so, and then of course you need to adapt a lot. And then um, let's say flexibility is also important, but if you plan the things in advance, you work uh, proactively, I think, um, yeah, we could, uh, we, we could survive. It's like the uh, uh, black swan. <laughs> Things, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I wish right now, and maybe this is me personally, I wish I had more time to be proactive right now. I feel a little bit like I, I'm still playing catch up a little bit in my own space, but I think that your comment on, on just knowing your space is to your benefit, right? And so the more that I know about this space, the more proactive I can be. Um, so I, I take that advice to heart and, and I, I appreciate that. Thank you. I hope that it will work for you. I don't know. <laughs> Each company is different. Yeah, Each company yeah absolutely. Different. Absolutely. So Weijun, while we kind of approach wrapping up here, we always like to open up these types of interviews for any last recommendations, um, you know, mottos or mantras that you live by. And then we ask for any book or podcast recommendations if you have any for our community. Uh, the recently, I think I, I read a book uh, about, um, well, to be honest, recently I read the book is for, for having a certificate of supply chain. <laughs> But then outside of that, um, some I mean, uh, one of the books that I like is from someone, they analyze um, uh, the negotiation uh, 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 skills, because um, people, they will think that for the, I mean, the traditional way, they always think that uh, some, when they push down some of people, and then they will earn something. But what I learned in that, um, let's say, uh, book is that uh, any good uh, negotiation should and actually it's a win-win uh, uh, negotiation. Uh, I think they found some special approach from the Harvard University um, mm -hmm. how to, uh, um, let's say, use this new uh, negotiation approach in our daily job. I think that one is quite uh, interesting. Um, I mean, for, for me, it's quite uh, interesting. Great, thank you. So. Any last comments or advice for the community before we wrap up from you, uh, Wei Jun? Just uh, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy your, 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 your work. And uh, I think uh, be happy because I think, I always believe that you spend uh, more than eight hours uh, in your workplace. Uh, so no matter women or, or, or men, we should uh, be happy. We should, um, I mean, we should have, um, the feeling of uh, achievement, uh, uh, so that is something will keep you uh, keep on going to stay in the job to become uh, motivated, and just at least me that is what I want to to tell my little girl who is next to me. 
I said, uh, yeah. uh, work hard, but uh, be, be, be humble and respectful uh, uh, to people. I think that is uh, very important. That's great advice. I think that's and a great I love, <laughs> Yeah, I love that your daughter is with you, a, a future women in chemicals. I hope that she will, <laughs> she can focus on, because, but I would like her to do more uh, R&D, this kind of function, <laughs> instead of a business recruitment. <laughs> <laughs> so Very thank close. you. So well, Weijun, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for you both uh, for inviting me and let's keep in the touch uh, via this uh, network. And I would like to maybe one day, someday to, to meet you guys face-to-face uh, -face when the situation allows. Yes, Women in Chemicals live events coming soon. Oh, okay, yeah. that's cool. But in US, I suppose. <laughs> We've got quite a Europe contingent, so we'll see. Ah, okay, good, good, good. I will be happy to join. I will be happy to join. Yeah, right. but much 